0: prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters. of spooky bosco Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another game preview. And, folks, it's a big one. Everyone's a big one from here on out. Um, I I think if you're looking at stuff like uh, Kelly Ford um, and and folks who kind of put um, odds on games, who try to project games out, this is the second toughest game left on the schedule. Um, First one, obviously, being the uh, Texas game. Uh, win this one, and and, and again, I I think he can have um, some pretty big confidence that we're going to beat Houston, at least we should beat Houston, and again, that that really kind of tracks for a massive, just an absolutely massive road game down in Austin, Texas, here in the beginning of November. Uh, Before we talk about the K-State versus TCU game, a little bit of news, most of it surrounding uh, basketball uh, men's basketball media days are today, as you guys are listening uh, to this on Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening early, uh, K- uh, coach Jerome Tang is going to take the podium on ESPN U at 9:10. Uh, coach Tang and then Co- uh, Tyler Perry will be on ESPN Plus for about 13 minutes, 15 to 13 minutes. On ESPN Plus doing a little sit down before their podium sessions. So if you're up early listening to this, you can get a little bit of K-State Media Day action. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of content uh, coming out of Kansas City. Sadly, with the secret day job, I can't get over there. Wish I could. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the K-State Online 3Maw, uh, Go Paracat KCSN. There's going to be plenty of folks in Kansas City taking that in. So be sure to check that out. Uh, all of our friends in the K-State media space. I'm sure Kels Robinette will be there as well at the Kansas City Star, Wichita Eagle. So check out all of our friends who are in the content game that are going to be able to be there. Uh, if anything too crazy happens, we'll of course be mentioning it in the live show. Uh, Also tonight, as you're listening at 7 p.m. on Zoom, if you're not following the secret account, please reach out and I will give you the link. Um, The only other uh, bits of news, Brett Yormark, he was at the podium, he did say that discussions are underway to keep the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, both the men's and women's, through 2031. Everyone remembers how worried I was. Uh, And quite frankly, it sounds like talking to people at the Kansas City Sports Commission, talking to... Uh, I have one contact at the Big 12 talking to these different parties. It really sounded like Brett Yormark was going to take this thing on the road, Uh, try to get into Brooklyn, get it into Las Vegas, uh, take it down to Dallas, take it to Houston, take it to San Antonio, all those big cities down in Texas. Even looking at Miami, looking at uh, Cleveland, looking at taking this all around, all the far outposts of the Big 12 footprint, and then he came to the game. Then he stayed in Kansas City for that full week. Then he saw the dollars that are able to clear, the ticket sales, everything that went into it in Kansas City, and he compared it to what happens in the Big East, what happens in the Big Ten, what happens in the Pac-12, what happens in the ACC, and he realized, oh, shit, Kansas City is where this needs to be. So it's music to my ears. I'm very happy to hear that. The other bit of news, uh, he did confirm that starting in 2024 with the 16-team conference, the men's basketball schedule will go up to 20 games, 20 conference games a season. Uh, He did say the women are staying at 18. The reason the women women are staying at 18 is is because the conference tournament has to start a week earlier, or really about five days earlier, uh, because it is being played at the T-Mobile Center as well. Um, I, I I think if they really wanted to, they'd find that they'd be able to shoehorn in uh, the two extra conference games. Uh, but I I I understand. Um, so they're gonna have to, uh, you know, continue to play the 18 game, um, spread out the non kind of a little bit. Uh, so that's what's gonna happen with the women. So the men going up to 20, women staying at 18. I believe I've heard that they're aiming to announce what the 2024. 25 opponents will be not the exact schedule but the opponents and that matrix for basketball they're wanting to announce that either the week of the final four or the big 12 tournament that's what they're hoping it could stretch longer uh we're gonna have to wait and see they are basically for the most part they've landed on the format so really it's just plugging into a computer and getting the algorithm to spit out the teams and i think they're either going to announce it as a four uh, team or a four year or a 10 year cycle for both men's and women's basketball. So that's what I've heard. We'll see what happens. Also hearing a ton of rumors surrounding what the future of big 12 football scheduling is gonna look like. I'm not going to go into complete details about it right now. Uh, that might be a topic for another day. Uh, it, it's interesting. It, it is interesting some of the stuff going on behind the scenes um but we're just gonna have to leave it at that for the time being um yeah when it's when it's finalized we we might talk a little bit more about what went into it um before we talk about chris Kleiman's press conference let's talk about manhattan brewing company it is there it is tapped it is ready In the brewery and it soon will be dispersed all throughout the great state of Kansas. That is Tang Party. The Tangerine Sour named after our main man in basketball coach Jerome Tang from Manhattan Brewing Company is back. One of the most popular beers in the state. One of the most famous beers, if not the most famous beer in the state from last year. Talked about on the Ion College Sports podcast uh talked about on all sorts of different national podcasts why because it tastes great and i mean who's not going to talk about a beer named after jerome tank look he tasted it he went into the brewery the entire coat or basketball staff was in there they gave it a try this year's batch is supposed to be amazing so before you head over to tailgate for the k-state ucf game Grab a couple four-packs. Become the most popular guy at your tailgate because you brought Manhattan Brewing Company. They always have fun events going on, and they're opening up early. Opening up at 11 a.m. on Saturday. So you have no excuse not to get in there. Get a couple pints and enjoy the late morning, early afternoon before you head over to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. boom All right, uh, Chris Clemens press conference uh, opened it up talking about how how well the the players responded, said that they played faster, played more physical, and they were more focused than they were versus Oklahoma State. They really answered the bell uh, after that disappointing game versus Oklahoma State. And he said that, hey, they needed it. They needed to neutralize their fans. They needed to take them out of it and said they did a great job. Also, really, uh, gave a lot of praise to the coverage teams on special teams, kickoff and punt coverage. Cause coming into that game, Texas Tech was the best return unit in the country. Um, or at least the Big 12. I think they might have been top five in the, in the country, number one in the Big 12. Um, really said that it, it was great, but hey. Offense, special teams, and defense all had stuff that they need to clean up. But he said, "Hey, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot better when you are focusing on what you can get better after a win versus a loss." Uh, friend of the of the show, one of the most recurring guests, uh, and, and very great at his job, Derek Young. He was handed the mic for the first question. He just said, hey, we're going to go into it. Do you know who you're going to uh, start at quarterback? Chris Common says, no, they do not. uh, But they have two guys who can win. Um, I'm going to skip around. This isn't the exact order. But he also was asked later about how, hey, you know, how are you going to handle playing two quarterbacks? It's not really a successful strategy many places in college football. He said, hey, look, we don't know. Uh, how the split's going to be. They're comfortable playing both guys, but he can't answer if it's going to be 60-40, 50-50, or 90-10 uh, one way or the other, whether it will or uh, Avery Johnson. The one thing that tells me is like he knows for a fact both guys are going to play if you're taking him at face value. Now, I don't think you need to take him at face value. You can think whatever you want. Uh, but Chris Kleiman usually is too honest when it, when it comes to this type of stuff. So I believe him. My guess is they are still trying to work things out. I'm going to talk about how I predict the quarterback uh, playing time is going to go a little bit later. But that's how he answered uh, another question about quarterbacks. And again, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. This is not in chronological order, but I'm trying to keep everything, at least the best I can topic-wise together on what he hit on. Um, really said that uh, he, he was asked where, where's the team had the most improvement from week one. He talks about team defense. Said that a lot of new players in the secondary, inexperienced guys playing for K-State in the secondary, uh, and some at linebacker as of late because of injuries, and says that it has improved. Says they're still not clicking on all cylinders of all three levels on the defense or all three phases of the game. Uh, but he says some of the he says that credit should go to the opponents. He goes, you know, they've put us in some bad situations throughout. So we'll, we'll, uh, so he, he gives a little bit of uh, credit to all the opponents so far this season. Asked about Will Lee, he said he will not be practicing on Tuesday. So as you guys are listening to this, that's yesterday. He says the hope is for him to play on or practice on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday if he can do all three of those days then he is going to play on Saturday I'm not going to hold a ton of hope out Um, typically although it's not the case with Jake Clifton um, but typically if they think a guy is going to have a shot at playing they add him back to the depth chart he was not included on the depth chart this week that will be something to watch uh, in pregame warm-ups or a question that I'll be eager to hear uh, Joe Klanderman answer on Thursday. Um, he, he did, again, I, I'm not perfect about getting it all together, um, but he did say, hey, Avery is a way better thrower than what his reputation is uh, because they have used him so much in the run. I think we all uh, hope that, hope we, and I think we all agree with it. He did say that, uh, you know, having the game plan against two quarterbacks or, or look at tape against two quarterbacks, it does make things a little bit more difficult. That's something case or folks have to do when scouting case state. Now, uh, What prompted him to say that is, hey, TCU's starting with a true freshman quarterback, not a lot of game tape, and hey, that does cause a little bit of a challenge. He did say that when they're working on their defense, the big thing isn't what the opponent does. It's what K-State has struggled on in trying to improve on that. Now, again, I'm not in the practices. I'm definitely not a coach. I'm definitely not a high-level athlete, when he says that says that I kind of scratch my head a little bit. I'm like, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, maybe we. May, I mean, I'd be focusing on what they do well, uh, well, not just uh, my deficits. But he makes a good point and says, hey, it doesn't matter what the opponent does well if you have glaring weaknesses, they're going to attack it. So that's how he, he spun that. Uh, when asked about the offensive line, said, hey, yeah, this is the best game or the. Uh, the, excuse me, the uh, Texas Tech game was the best game of the year so far. Said they also played well versus UCF, but they really need to back that up. They need to have good performances time after time. So he says he's really going to be looking for them and special teams and the secondary to not let one good game go to waste and back that up with another good game. Talked about how it wasn't easy on Will Howard. Uh, you know, he, he said that, hey, look, deep down he, he wants to be playing. But he... Place for K State, not Will Howard University. That's a, you know that's the phrase he used on Saturday. He hammered it home again. He, but he said, "Hey, you know that's tough. That's tough." But he's a good teammate. He said D J Giddens was probably in the same boat seeing Trayshawn go off, and then Chris Common really alluded to like, "Hey, look, we have capable and good players, multiple players at one position, and that they're just going to ride the hot hand." And he believes in his locker and believes in those guys to be able to handle it. So. You like hearing that uh, And again it has to be tough man I mean it, I, I don't I I don't really think as much for uh, DJ Virch and Trayshon, uh Because both of them are going to play I, I mean look It's got it had to be Deep down Will Howard Great kid great teammate And I'm, I'm sure he was pumped for Avery And pumped for the team But I think down in his gut He just had to be a gut punch To see another quarterback come in And, and play so well uh, but but again, Chris Klein talks about how selfless that uh, Will Howard is in trying to help out Avery, just like uh, you know Adrian Martinez helped him out once that transition happened. So um, it really will be interesting to see how that is handled going into um, this week in Houston and Texas and beyond. So it, it's it's gonna be something to keep an eye on for sure. Really said that one of the. Core principles, and one of the things they really hammer home is owning your own role, whether you're playing one play, whether you're playing no plays, whether you're on special teams, whether you have the role or not. That's something Chris Kleinman came back to multiple times this week. It was kind of like block out the outside noise from last week. And he said, Seth Porter is a guy who exemplifies the own your own role. Uh, he talked about it in his post game. We talked about it already this week about how, yes, Seth would love to be playing more wide receiver. he would love to be catching balls, but he's on special teams, and he's really owned that. He's made that, hey, his job, and that's something that he has excelled in. And again, he had one of the best coverage days in the history of college football uh, last week. so uh, if if he can do it and he he's that poster child for it, I absolutely love it. So this is where I'm a little worried. Um, so the hope is Austin Romain can play, but it is not a certain thing. So that puts up my alarm bells saying, okay, we might be without Austin Romain on Saturday. says that Bo Palmer can go. He's the guy starting with the ones. They said Rex Van Wy may need to go. Uh said that Terry Kirksey will be coming up from the scout team. Jake Clifton might have to play there a little bit as well. But that tells me, okay, uh, Austin Romaine may not be going on Saturday. I hope that's not the case because he's been a warrior, Um, absolutely massive for this team, uh, you know, ever since Daniel Green went down. So I'm hoping he can go. I'm a little worried about, uh, you know, some of these Juco guys, Kirksey and Van Wy. They're wanting to redshirt him, they're wanting to save that year of eligibility. Um, obviously, you gotta play guys uh, I mean you gotta play them to, to win games. I would imagine unless we're looking at long term, unless we're looking at what the the, the entire season,'m I'm, I'm guessing Kirksey and Van Wy will be able to redshirt. but I think you're gonna need Tobio Sensami uh, to really step up and be able to play that outside linebacker spot and allow Jake Clifton to bounce back and forth between outside and inside. Otherwise, um, I mean, it, it, could, it could be a, could be a little dangerous um, at linebacker. We'll see. Another thing that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on when I get in the stadium watch warm-ups, and uh, hopefully uh, Joe Klanderman is asked about that during his availability later this week as well. Um, he said that he, he he really called out that we need to be more explosive in the passing game and said that Colin Klein met with the wide receivers and laid it out for him and said, hey, we need this from you guys. Um, he did say that R.J. Garcia has, at least on the depth chart, moved to the second line. And actually, he's now uh, being listed with the slot wide receivers with Keegan Johnson, um, Phillip Brooks, and Jaden Jackson as your starters. He said, really? That RJ is that number four guy And that's going to be a four man rotation But did say that Jace Brown missed a lot of time In the previous couple months He's been back full go the last ten days And he played well They're wanting him to play well on special teams And they say hey he, he went out and made a play on offense last last week We're going to look for ways to get him the ball It sounds like hey they really love his speed And his ability to be a game player so Or a game breaker So We'll see. Uh, If you want something, you know, just kind of like a sneaky thing to look at, maybe a super specific prediction, I might say a Jace Brown jet sweep at some point in the game. Uh, And then the final thing that I really took note of, he was asked about how Avery Johnson's handling the success and the accolades and all the flowers coming his way. And he said, Avery Johnson's done everything you'd want him to, giving credit to your offensive line, staying out on the field and cheering on all the guys until the last one's going. Then he he, he leads from behind into the locker room. Says that he's giving credit to the coaches and really coming into practice, playing hard, watching film, all that type of stuff. So um, I don't think anyone actually, I don't think anyone was worried. No one should have been worried, but it sounds like he's handling everything perfectly. The one big thing of note from press, nothing that Chris Kleiman really said, uh, but no quarterbacks at uh, player availability Uh, in the Chris Kleiman era. I don't remember a time that has happened. Uh, I feel like, you know, Skyler and Will, Will and Adrian, Will all this year had had been part of, uh, you know, the Tuesday breakout sessions. Um, It 100% makes sense. I, I wouldn't, I don't want... To put either one of those guys in that situation. And quite frankly, Keenan Garber, Trayshawn Ward, uh, Hayden Gillum, Austin Moore, they were there. It was the most kind of bland milk toast, nothing burger from the players in the Chris Kleiman era. It was like Bill Snyder era lock and key when it comes to those guys. You know, they, they just kind of, you know, gave the the answers you thought and the questions were pretty, you know, down the middle. Again, I I think that they are Trying to find the balance. They're trying to, I don't think they're trying to hide what's going to happen on Saturday. But I think they are trying to protect everyone involved. And I understand that. I'm not going to get on them for that. But it is an observation that I had. If you want to see it for yourself, I know K-State Online, their YouTube page, has some player breakout stuff as well as the full press conference on YouTube. So does GoPowerCat. Go I'm Go i guessing we'll have some player stuff on YouTube broken out uh, here. Uh, definitely by the time you guys are listening to this as well. So take a listen. Let me know. Was there anything you pulled from it that that I should have been talking about? I listened to them uh, all twice. Again, they're only two, three minutes per player. Um, I didn't take much from it. Maybe you guys will. I'm going to jump into talking more about the storylines and stuff I'll be focused on for this game. But before we do, how about a shout out to my guys and girls over at Charlie Hustle. Look, K-State's playing Villanova early December, December 5th or 6th, I can't remember. But it's on a Tuesday and it's going to be a wide out, folks and charlie hustle just so happened to have dropped a brand new white varsity jacket they also have another one they got the script wildcats they got the baseball font uh cats i mean both of them are out of this world stylish there's a lavender one that i'm absolutely obsessed with as well uh, look, it's getting chilly, you need yourself a couple jackets, you need yourself a couple hoodies, you need yourself a couple crew necks, and the holiday season is going to be here before you know it. So make sure you're styling and profiling for that whiteout versus Villanova in Bramlage Coliseum. Make sure you're hooking up all your friends and family with some great Charlie Hustle merch for the holiday season. And then again, on Sunday... What you should be rocking is a red Felix and you D.K. Uzama, a King Felix shirt, straight from Charlie Hustle. Doesn't matter what day of the week your favorite football team's playing on, they got some gear for you. Check out Charlie Hustle. And again, I, I think I dropped the ball. I think I said earlier that hey, we're gonna have a giveaway this this current week. No, it's gonna be next week. I wanna let I wanna let a couple things trickle out there. Uh, if you're catching what I'm picking down, da- or if you're picking up what I'm dropping down, uh, so check out charleyhustle.com, vintage made fresh, helping support this show. All right. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I- I'm anticipating another great environment. I think it's going to be another right at 53,000, right under 53,000 announced attendance. Overseated capacity with the uh, additional GA and standing room only tickets sold. I mean, this was the first game that sold out on the season. I, I think folks are ramped up for this. And again, it's not a top twenty matchup because again, I thought I thought TCU uh, w- was going to. Um, I thought they were going to run the table early in Big Twelve play. I thought that K State was going to do the same. I thought this was going to be a top twenty game. It's not. K-State's on the outside of the polls looking in, uh, getting some votes, win this game. I I think he might get back in the top 25. Um, If not, you'll be right on the door. TCU, they're trying to reverse course. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Is it going to match that UCF atmosphere? I don't know. That UCF atmosphere is the best one so far this season. I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it surpasses it. I think uh, definitely the fans. Uh, I I, I don't think... (laughs) I don't think KSA fans like TCU. I don't think there's any love lost there. Um, but but I am a little worried. I touched on this before. I'm going to say it again. Look, if slash win, Will Howard trots out there to be the starter. If slash win, Will Howard goes out there and uh, is playing quarterback. And if things don't go well, please, 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 please try to resist your urge to boo Will Howard. Um my guess is, look, I mean, the students booed Will Howard um, a few years ago um, when he was taking the place for Skyler back in twenty twenty one. They were chanting for Jake Rubley. I, I again, I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of the alumni and the the non student fans are going to do it, but they might. Um, but just don't. The, the guy helped win us a Big 12 championship. He's just trying to give it it all. And, and I can already see it. Some fans trying to explain it away as, oh, we're booing the decision. We're booing the coaches. No. It's going to be taken as you guys booing Will Howard. And that n- no kid deserves to be booed by his home, home fans. Um, so don't do it. Re- resist the urge. Go nuts. Go wild when Avery's out there. Uh, but please, please, please do not boo. I'm a little worried about that. I truly am. Obviously, everyone is going to be hyper-focused on the quarterback. I am too. I fully expect, based on everything I've heard, and I've been wrong, been wrong before, been wrong again, but what I've been told, things I'm picking up, context clues, I'm pretty confident Will Howard's going to start. And if things go well, and and I hope they do, I'm never rooting against... Uh, the K-State offense when it's on the field. So if things go well, I think there's a real chance they're going to ride the hot hand with Will Howard. I think 110% both quarterbacks are going to play. I'm of the belief Will Howard's going to start. And if things are going well, yeah, they're going to get a couple plays. They, they might get a series or two for Avery. And hell, hopefully we're just blowing them out and both these guys uh, score on every drive that they play. Uh, but but I think it's going to be mix and match. I I don't know if I would do that. I'll be honest with you. I, I think the, the way the coaches look at it and the way they're going about it is, hey, look, we're not going to be able to go back from it. Uh, once we fully turn over the keys to Avery Johnson, it is going to be very tough to reverse course. So I don't know if, if it's... I don't know if I'd say, hey, they're being cautious. I don't know if, if I'm saying, hey, they're trying to protect both Will and Avery. But whatever they're doing... I think that is their mindset, and I don't think that they want to turn the keys fully over to Avery Johnson. I would, I would go all in right now. I would go in all in right now, and I would live with the consequences. But that's why I'm behind the mic in their coaching football. Um, if Avery does outshine Will, if Avery does continue this hot streak, uh, even with what I am sure. Uh, a bunch of game planning is going to be going against him, against a defense that is good, going against the quarterback run. If he still lights them up, if he still has the big game, if he still is, in my mind, the undisputed better of the two quarterbacks, then maybe Houston is that true changing of the guard game. 11 a.m., a little bit more sleepy of a game versus a worse opponent, and then hand it over. Hopefully he kills them, and then, hey, kid, Become a legend when you go down to Austin, Texas. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, again, I, that's how I think it's going to go. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be surprised. Uh, but I would bet a lot of money we're going to see both those guys. Um, look, obviously every game from here on out has a massive implications on Arlington. Um you probably are not going to be able to backdoor away into Arlington with losing to Texas, but uh, you lose to TCU, you're going to have no hope to beat Texas on the road. Uh, if you want to keep momentum going, if you kind of want, if you want to get back in that top twenty-five, if you want to get back into the zeitgeist, have people talking, you, you got to win this game. And, and honestly, it would help if K-State won in a convincing fashion. Uh, TCU is struggling, they've taken some uh, losses, Um, being able to put them to bed once and for good this season would be big. And honestly, I hope we do, Uh, because honestly, uh, screw TCU and Sonny Dykes, Uh, he has brought in a ton of people from the Art Bryles era of Baylor football. Uh, including people indicted, included people, including people who have been called out in investigations to helping facilitate the cover-up of rampant rape at Baylor, including Coach Art Briles' son, Kendall, as an offensive coordinator who is all over those reports. He's a despicable human. Uh, and, and TCU are cowards the way they rolled him out when he was hired. They're cowards for the way... They hide him away from the media, and quite frankly, TCU football, and quite frankly also the TCU football fans and the students who go to their games, a lot of them are very despicable humans the way they go about things, booing players as they're having to be carted off and taken to a hospital for injuries. Last year, widespread reports and eyewitness accounts and people getting hit in the head With beer bottles, beer cans, the sideline being littered with it uh, when we went down there. Quite frankly, I want to kick TCU's ass. Uh, I, I, I don't think that they're fans. And again, I'm painting with a very large brush. There are TCU graduates and TCU fans that I know, that I get along with, that I enjoy very much. But there are a lot of them in that stadium, uh, down in Eamon G. Carter Stadium, that that are just bad trash humans. And I think that there are a lot of bad trash humans that are currently employed by TCU football as well. So I hope we kick their ass and, and they're easily becoming one of the villains of the new Big 12 TCU football. Um, and I think this game might get chippy, folks. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players who were on uh, the team on both sides of the field from last year. I think both the game at TCU and the Big 12 championship game, it got chippy. There, there were some moments where guys were getting in each other's face. I'm sure that is going to bleed over into this uh, this year as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be really uh, dialed in on how, how are we going to, uh, you know, divvy up the running back play. Again, I I think... We're going to see DJ start the game. I think we're going to see carries for both of them early, and then hey, if one of them's having a hot game, if one of them is having a lot more success than the other, I think very similar to the Texas Tech game, we're going to see that hot hand, uh, you know, getting the ball, and and I like that. I, I I'm all in on that. I don't want to be pigeonholed into this guy's the starter. This guy's our guy. I think both of these guys, and I said it, I said both of these guys were going to be a thousand scrimmage type players uh by the end of the season are they gonna get there I mean it's gonna be close we're about halfway through I I, I should have pulled up the stats before I got talking um but but I I think they definitely could especially if you were going to a bowl game if we can get to Arlington if that's the case hey we still have eight games left I I think both of these guys could both still be a thousand yards from scrimmage type of guys um so we're gonna see what happens I I I I'm I love both of these running backs and I'm going to be dialed and I'm going to be curious how that goes. Uh, we talked about consistency back during the uh, Chris Kahneman press conference uh, portion when I was reviewing that. Again, the offensive line, they've taken some arrows, uh, but they had a lot of praise. They had a lot of love in the off offseason. Uh, and, and hell, they made uh, the uh, top 25, the, the watch list, the midseason top 25 offensive line units in the country. They're getting some praise. But hey, Let's see them keep it going. Let's see them have another big game. Let's keep the good times going with the offensive line. And if we can do that, I think it might be safe to say, all right, the offensive line is here and they're starting to live up to that expectation. And then at that point, we, we can start to say to ourselves, all right, what, what's Connor Riley doing every offseason? And, and what's Connor Riley doing in summer camp before things going that, that, that kind of lead to the slow start? So if they get it rolling, uh, I might have a, a little bit of uh, a few questions I want to ask Connor Riley. Final thing, three things I'm going to be uh, kind of dialed in on and kind of storylines around this game. I think TCU and K-State also kind of uh, along with Oklahoma State are jockeying for position. A superiority coming into the new big 12 uh, obviously Utah I mean we we gosh Utah fans have been running their mouths a lot this past seven days on Twitter they think they're gonna come and be the alphas right away obviously K State Oklahoma State TCU jockeying for that you know pole position uh, Colorado they're gonna come in with their swagger with uh, with Dion. Um, something tells me that they might have a little bit of uh, rude awakening, similar to UCF. I don't think as bad as UCF, but but uh, you know it's a little bit tougher when you're playing in the Big Twelve. But this game goes a, a, a long way. You know, winning two out of the, or I guess it would have been what four out of the last five with TCU, including the most important one. Yeah, you lost a big one down in Fort Worth, um, but but it would kind of establish. All right, you, you got a little bit of superiority over TCU. Um, and carrying that forward into this new era. I, I do think that is very important uh, when, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the perception of the Big 12 and the branding of the Big 12. So, again, this would be a big one to get. Uh, and then the last two kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. A- again, uh, the secondary, can they have another big game? And really, can the defense rain havoc down on a true freshman quarterback? Again, uh, this is going to be a road game, far different than playing BYU, a mid-team at best where they jumped on super early uh, at home. This is going to be a ruckus crowd. It's going to be an intimidating crowd, and hopefully the defense is able to kind of step up, uh, get a couple turnovers. Uh, This quarterback is willing to turn the ball over, turn it over twice to BYU, Uh, hit him hard, hit him early, get in his head, Um and and then can the secondary take advantage again they're going to throw the ball a lot um can the secondary especially the corners can they make plays on the ball can they uh you know prevent some of these catches without getting past interference calls can they get interceptions uh so that's going to be a big one then will the wide receivers specifically answer the belt again it's been the weakest position unit um this season, and quite frankly, in a really long time, it's been a long time since one position unit I think has been as big of a liability as the wide receivers are this year. Coach Klein called them out. Uh, Coach Klein allegedly sat down with them all and said, "Hey, we need you guys to be playmakers." Um, so we're going to see what happens there. Hopefully, they answer the bell. But that's going to be the next thing or the final thing I'm really dialing in on let's move on into the keys to V they kind of go hand in hand because I I talked about it get in the head of Josh Hoover the true freshman quarterback for TCU Uh, I I just mentioned it look he threw two picks but again four touchdowns and over 400 yards I think K-State is better than BYU I think Joe Klanderman is a better defensive coordinator than whoever the defensive coordinator is for BYU and again I think playing in Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I think it's one of the most hostile crowds. And again, for a, for fifty three thousand fans, I think without a doubt the, the, the fan stadium, fifty thousand seat stadium in the country. Um, so I, I think Josh Hoover is going to have to deal with that. He's going to have to deal with silent counts. He's going to have to deal with communicating the checks. Uh, when you can't just bark it out you're going to have to say it multiple times you're going to have to dance around a little bit so if K-State can get in his head uh, that I think that's going to lead to a victory Uh, the number two key to V is do not let the shuffling quarterbacks kill any rhythm whether it means going with a hot hand and riding with a guy all the way through whether it is Picking and choosing your your positions where you bring in Will, bring in Avery, letting them work together. Or heck, if it's just hey, we got one guy and they're fooling us all. Don't let this. It's not a controversy, but don't let the shuffling affect the offense. The offense for for despite what some folks want to say, depending on what matrix or metrics you look at, K State's the number three offense in the in the Big Twelve. We have a. Uh, an above average offense depending on some of the metrics you look at a a very good uh, offense not an elite offense not a great offense but a very good offense do not let the quarterback situation throw you out of rhythm and have a bad offensive line or offensive night excuse me number three stay hot on special teams uh again TCU's vulnerable in special teams. Could this be the week we get a return? Can Chris Tennant stay perfect? Uh, he's not perfect for the season, but can he stay hot? Kicking extra points, uh, nailing these field goals. Can punt? Hey, can Bloomer keep dropping them in the 20? Is Seth Porter going to stay being a, a madman, just a, just a vigilante out there on special teams, just taking names and putting the TCU team in jail? That's what Seth Porter's doing. Um, Can they stay hot? Can they keep that going? Uh, That's going to be a big key because, again, uh, for the first time in a while, we're playing a special teams uh, unit that we're better than, uh, you know, without a doubt, all the metrics, and, and we can really exploit that. And the final one is win the battle of the running back stables. TCU has a, a few guys that are capable of running the ball. Similar to Texas Tech last week, these are two of the top four rushing offenses in the Big 12 and uh, two of the top six rushing defenses in the Big 12. Can you win that battle versus their running backs? I think that Treshawn and DJ did out-duel Texas Tech's running backs uh, last week. Uh, random people on Twitter may, might not agree, uh, usually Texas or Texas Tech fans, uh, but, but if you can do that, again, I think that's going to go a long way, and it is going to take pressure off whoever the quarterback is or however we're shuffling those. So those are my keys to beat. Join us tonight, 7 p.m. on Zoom. If you want the link to the secret account, which will have all the Zoom information, DM me, and I'll get you all set up. All right, picks to click. I'm, I'm going with Kobe Savage. He's coming off a two-interception game. I'm predicting at least one interception and at least one tackle for a loss as well. I think Kobe Savage playing versus a uh, Texas school. Again, he, he's pissed off. He didn't get a second shot at uh, TCU last year because of his injury. He's going to have a massive game versus a Texas school. I got Kobe Savage as my first pick to click. And the second one... Look, I'm going with Phillip Brooks. He's been caught in 4K on multiple occasions this season. Not Perceived lack of effort. Again, not in the huddle. I don't know what the play call. I don't know what his responsibilities are. But as an amateur, watching the clips, seeing the GIFs, everything going viral, looks like he's been caught giving lackluster effort that has caused multiple catastrophically upsetting plays this season I think he's going to reverse that I think he's going to hear what Colin Klein is saying I think he's going to step up and have a big game regardless of who's throwing the rock and I think he's going to go over a hundred yards receiving this game yep you heard me say over a hundred yards receiving for Philip Brooks all right let's get into the game picks we're going to pick all the big 12 games plus some national games I'm going to end it with my K State TCU prediction. Before we do, this segment is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. My record the last two weeks has been bad, but do you know what is good? Manhattan Brewing Company beer. It's delicious. It is the best beer in the state of Kansas. Tang Party's back. Pumpkin Batch is there. Championship Run is back. All the most popular beers, all the most famous beers coming out of the best craft brewery in the state of Kansas. Are there for you, and remember, Towny Wheat is the official tailgating beer of Bosco's boys. Get a couple four packs, take them to the stadium, get a couple pints, enjoy the late morning, early afternoon at the brewery, and be nice be nice, do not be hateful, but be nice and say to your local liquor store, I would like some four packs from Manhattan Brewing Company in here. Last week, I'd been back to back losing weeks, I went six and nine, the Boneheads went eight and seven. Look, I think a couple times it's like, all right, I'm going to go the opposite way of the boneheads, make things interesting. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm picking my games before I see how you guys voted, so I'm not going to be uh, moved. I'm not going to try to make things interesting. I'm going to try to get a little bit of self respect and pride back after back to back losing weeks. I'm sitting at 55 and 35. Only one game in front of the Boneheads, fifty-four and thirty-six. Starting in the Big Twelve, it's going to be absolute snoozer unless things get wild in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel facing his old team, Oklahoma hosting UCF. I Oklahoma, the Boneheads of Oklahoma. Eighty-nine percent of you. In the two closest, the next two, the two closest, and we had a few close games um Baylor at Cincinnati look I think Cincinnati is the worst team I think Dave Aranda is a decent coach I think he's on hard times I don't know what's going on down in Waco but I believe in Dave Aranda I think he's probably going to get fired Uh, but if someone was going to figure it out it'd be Dave Aranda not Scott Sattersfield so I'm going with Baylor and the boneheads have Baylor 53 percent again last week I might have taken Cincinnati uh just to make things interesting no I'm not Uh, Oklahoma State at West Virginia, I think Oklahoma State has it figured out. I think Oklahoma State is about to reel off a bunch of wins, uh, and and, and the loss uh, in Stillwater is going to be a little less frustrating. Not a lot less frustrating, but a little. Uh, I have Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Boneheads only fifty-two percent, but they're with Oklahoma State as well. Texas at Houston. Boneheads have Texas eighty-six percent. I said all off-season Texas is going to beat Alabama, lose to Houston. No, Houston is bad. I'm not going to stick next to that prediction. I have Texas, and if Houston does pull off the upset, I'm not going to say I told you so because I had the chance to stick with the prediction. I didn't. Texas Tech at BYU. Uh, look, I wanted to go with BYU. I, I, I wanted to go with BYU. Texas Tech probably going to have to be playing their true freshman quarterback again. We saw how that went. I think Texas Tech figures it out and they actually run the ball the entire game. I think it's a close one. I have Texas Tech close. The Boneheads have Texas Tech 68%. Ranked on ranked matchup, Duke at Florida State. Boneheads have the Seminoles 80%. I also have Florida State. I still don't really know how good Duke is. Uh, This is the phrase. This is what I'm going to say whenever we talk ACC. The Big 12 is drunk in the night before Thanksgiving with your buddies uh, type of way. The ACC is your drunk uncle who's had a really rough year at Thanksgiving. Two different types of drunk. Big 12 way more fun. ACC not so much fun. Clemson at Miami. Miami. Boneheads have Clemson, 54%. I'm going with Clemson as well. I think Miami, again, I I went with them over UNC. Uh, They lost that one. I I think we're going to see a slow decay of Miami um, after they absolutely blew it uh, earlier in the season. I I think when it's all said and done, Miami's going to end like 7-5, and the destruction in Coral Gables is very real. Penn State at Ohio State. I'm going with Ohio State, so are the Boneheads, 58%. To this point, we are all agreeing. Utah at USC, I have USC bouncing back, beating Utah. The Boneheads have Utah, 65%. I think it's going to be uh, you know a sc- high-scoring game. Not because I think Utah's offense is any good. I don't. I think it's trash. Uh, but I think USC is going to put a big number up. They're going to have revenge on the mind. They're at home. It's not tough to play in the L.A. Coliseum, but it's not in Utah. Uh, so I have USC winning that one. The Boneheads have Utah 65%. Tennessee at Alabama. Uh, this is Nick Saban's worst Alabama team uh, since his first year in Alabama. But they're not going to lose at home to Tennessee. They're not going to lose to Tennessee back-to-back years. I have Alabama. So do the Boneheads. James Madison at Marshall on Thursday night, folks. This is going to be a great game. This is going to be better than whatever game is going to be on Amazon uh, on NFL. You should, if you love college football, if you love football at all, James Madison at Marshall is what you should be watching on Thursday. I have JMU. So do the Boneheads. Sixty-eight percent. Air Force at Navy. I like putting the. Uh, I like getting the service academies in here. Air Force is a wagon. Ranked in the top 20, uh, top 25, not quite top 20. I think they could be the G5 representative in the New Year's Six Bowl games this year. I have Air Force going to Navy and winning. So do the Boneheads, 78%. I want to pick Minnesota over Iowa. I have Iowa. The game's going to be like 17-7. to 7. Boneheads have Iowa as well. The the Big Ten West is so bad. Boring, and they all suck. And and you can put like three or four teams from the Mountain or from the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and they'd win the Big Ten West. I 100% guarantee it. I think North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa, uh, Montana's in the Big Big Sky. So, so you got three teams. You got three. Three teams in the in the Missouri Valley Football Conference that would win that. And the Montana State Bobcats would win it as well. Maybe the Montana Grizz as well. There's There you go. There's five teams in the Upper Plains, kind of mountainish area, that would all win the Big Ten West this year. Northern Iowa, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Montana, and Montana State. They would all beat Iowa, but Minnesota will not beat Iowa. Wednesday, CUSA matchup. Tonight, as you guys are listening to this, New Mexico State with all their Kansas, state of Kansas connections with Jerry Kill and multiple folks from Kansas. Lots of ties to Pittsburgh State and Emporia State on that uh, coaching staff and UTEP. Tons of K-State connections uh, including Tremaine Thompson, Dana Dimmel, of course, as well. Tons of guys on that staff who either played at K-State or coached at K-State. Fun CUSA matchup on Wednesday, kicking off at 8 p.m. So I'll be watching that after the live show. Bonehead's going with UTEP, 62%. I'm going with New Mexico State. And Purple Rain, Purple Rain, R-E-G-N, because it's who's going to reign over the Big 12 K State versus TCU rematch of the 2022 Big 12 Championship game. Boneheads back on it. 97% going with K State. Look, I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going TCU 24, K State 27. So I have it as a three point victory. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be nervy. (sighs) I Heart's going to be pitter-pattering. It's going to be cardiac cats. I think K-State holds on. I think we have a uh, late touchdown to put us up. 27-24. We get a stop versus TCU. Trying to run the clock out. Forced to punt. Bloomer downs it or punts it inside the ten. Seth Porter downs it. Then we have a Khalid Duke strip sack recovered by Uso. Knee the ball out, and you get the three-point win. K-State not covering. Current line sitting at 6.5 at Caesars. So that's what I have. Uh, If you want to tell me what you have, please join the live show tonight at 7 p.m. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. Make their day. Make their week for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. My name is Scott McFarland. We love you guys, and go Cats.